0: Welcome to the Cardinal Newman Society podcast. I am your host, Kevin Murphy. Today, I am joined by a very special guest and neighbor in Ave Maria, Florida. Her name is Dr. Denise Donahue. Now, Denise has a PhD in educational leadership and a minor in curriculum development. The amount of information that Denise has helped amass for the Cardinal Newman Society, I can tell you particularly... Over the last few weeks, because I have been going in and reading all of it. When I said at the beginning that we have a mountain of resources, this is a person who helped build the mountain. So, Denise, welcome to the program.
1: Hi, thanks for having me. You know, and I, I can't take all the credit for that.
0: Uh, I because know because
1: of my colleague, Dr. Dan Guernsey. Yes. And he's definitely a big part of the educator resources area as well.
0: And we will have Dan on shortly. As we said, one of the goals of this program is to highlight the great Catholic educators that we have out there, because we really are blessed with some great Catholic educators. So we want to call attention to that. So Denise, today, our topic is K-12 education. Many people know the Cardinal Newman Society for the Newman Guide. For what we do among the colleges. What they don't know is all of the work that we've done in K through twelve. Now, before we get into that, I want to talk a little bit about you. This is where we get <laughs> <laughs> this is where we get to focus on Denise Donahue. So, Denise, tell us a little bit about your background. You did not go right into Catholic education, right? And as a matter of fact, you weren't even Catholic. Tell us a bit about that.
1: Yeah, that's true. I actually came into the church about a year after I was working on opening up a Catholic elementary school. So, very interesting story. Previously, before I went into education, I had worked for 14 years in taxation and accounting, and that was really my specialty. So, when my husband said that we need to open up a school, and it has to be a Catholic school— and I said, well, I know how to do all that stuff. I know how to do incorporate. I know how to do all the accounting. This is really important. We were driving our oldest son 45 minutes up to the Catholic school in Texas. And we said, you know, we, we can't do this with the other, other kids. I have six children. So we said, yes, we definitely need to start this school. And it, it's really interesting how God works in his own way. And how he worked in me to bring me not only to build a school for for the area that didn't have anything Catholic, any kind of Catholic education in it, but to also bring me into the church at the exact same time. Wow,
0: what a what a vehicle so, that is! So now, where were you at this time, Denise? Where
1: where were you located? Yeah. We were in Denton, Texas.
0: Denton, Texas, and so Denton, Texas didn't have schools. Catholic schools in and around the area?
1: No, it didn't. Forty-five minutes north was Gainesville, Texas, and that was the closest Catholic school. And then there was a new high school that was opening up in Frisco, which was an hour east. And there w- there was no access to Catholic education for any of the families in the area. And the whole area was growing. There was a great demand for Catholic education. The public schools were not sufficient for families who wanted to raise their children in the faith. And so I said, I can do this. I, I was inspired because I, I knew I had something that I could lend to this effort. And little did I know that God was just going to go ahead and, and bring me fully into the church at the exact same time.
0: How is that possible, Denise? I mean, <laughs> think about this. Now, you didn't, you weren't Catholic. No. You were in an area that didn't have Catholic schools. No. No. And your, your husband says, we need to create a school and, uh, (laughs) and And you do it. Right. It needs to be a Catholic school. (laughs) Yeah. When he said, and we need to build a school, he meant you. So how did that even, I mean, why was that even a concern for you? What was it that was lacking that made you think you needed to create a school? What was your experience like at that time?
1: Yeah. So my oldest son, before we moved to Denton, we were in North Carolina he went to public school. So I was I was very curious. I wanted to know exactly everything that he was learning. I was very active in the school at that time. I think the issue was sex ed in the schools, and I wanted to make sure that I knew what my son was receiving. At that time, my husband read Thomas Sowell's book on education, and he goes, Public education is not gonna do it for our kids. Mm. Then we moved to Denton, Texas, and found a Montessori school, and he went to Montessori. My daughter went to Montessori for about two or three years, and there was just—the philosophy was very different. It wasn't in line with our Catholic faith. I was attending church with my husband. i had always attended Mass with my husband, even though I wasn't Catholic. I would sit in the pew during communion, and I wanted my children to be raised Catholic, And so we decided we're going to take them and we're going to drive. So we we did the old the drive, the 45-minute drive with the oldest. And then my daughter, we said, we've got to do something. I had another son, and we said, we've got to do something. So that's when we started working on the elementary school with a group of other families who were also interested in it. And so I did all the incorporation papers, EIN number, started looking at what it takes to build a school, everything that you needed to know. I was just so immersed in Mm. that education. So much so that when we went to try to find a principal for the school, it was very difficult to find a principal. So a new program had opened up at the University of Dallas probably about a year later, and it was a master's in Catholic school leadership. And I felt called to, well, I had come into the church, I had gone through the RCIA process. Hang and, on, let's stop yeah, yeah. right
0: there. No, no. <laughs> nice try there, trying to skip all this Uh-oh. part. Uh, <laughs> as you could <can> tell, Denise <laughs> would rather talk about education than about herself. So, but let's back up because what I found fascinating, Denise, I didn't know you did not grow up Catholic. Oh. You grew up in a different kind of environment. Yeah. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah. So my dad was a Mason and my grandfather was a Mason. And so they would attend, I guess, the lodge at least once or sometimes twice a week. They would go to some very special events where they would have to get all dressed up. My stepmother also was an Eastern star. And there's this whole program for Masons, both male and female. And I was just very curious about it. But my dad was pretty Protective, I guess, of me didn't want me to be a rainbow girl. They had something for the the young girls as well, and I guess my stepsister was a very much a part of that also. But I I never I didn't know much about it. And when I asked him about it, I said, "Where are you going? And what are you doing?" And he said, "He goes, if if I tell you everything, I have to kill you." And I'm like, what? I mean, for a father to and, say and that this to their daughter? This was not a joke. This was not a joke. I mean he's
0: not like I I like, you know, you would say that. Well, yeah. I'll tell you that, but I have to kill you. But yeah,
1: yeah. This is not it, it was very serious. It was very serious. And I thought, wow, you know, there's 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 something here that maybe I don't need to know anything about. And so I never asked him very many questions aside from I remember we were watching an Easter mass and the pope was on tv and i said dad who's that and he said oh that's that's a guy and he thinks he's god and i'm like Mm. oh really so that was that was my impression of the catholic church it was a a, a man who thinks he's god and i was like okay
0: now how denise so this is how did you then even like you said you were going to catholic mass with your husband tim How did you go from that to even being open to hearing anything about the Catholic faith, let alone get into and start Catholic schools? So tell us about that bridge. What happened there?
1: Yeah, so I, I was always very spiritual, always considered myself very religious, really knew that I was missing something. That hole was not filled. I really—my my husband was my sponsor, actually, coming into the church, and I can't tell you how many evenings we would just sit and talk about the Catholic faith, talk about everything, talk about Mary and her, her position and role in the church, and trying to get over a lot of those Protestant issues with Catholicism, and— it, it, I was, it was God's grace. I think it was most definitely the priest who we went to Mass at Immaculate Conception Church, and he would always end his homilies saying, let us pray for God's grace. And I prayed for God's grace. <laughs> mm.
0: and Denise, that's beautiful. Yeah. And you, you know what I love about this story, first of all, is that it is the only explanation. Yeah. A, a person raised— in a mason background with mm-hmm. such a uh, animosity That's- for the catholic faith and then to come into the church i i am just i am floored by that story now yeah. so you decide you go you have this great background in accounting yeah. and taxation which by the way i've seen denise handle numbers and yes you can <laughs> tell she has that background okay now how is it that all of a sudden though something or someone puts this on your heart to say, Denise, we need to start a Catholic school for our kids. How in the world did that come about?
1: Yeah. I think a lot of it, you just, you just get in and you start doing it one step at a time and you have no clue actually that it's going to consume your life. (laughs) And really that's what it did for me. Yeah. It was just like, I've got to do this. And, and you know, you always hear that your children will lead you and, So many parents want to do things for their children and especially to educate them and to form them in a way that the parents want them to be better than themselves, better than who they were or are. So they look for the best. They look for the best education. They look for the best morality. They want to give their kids the best. And so we did too.
0: And and so that drive, not only did that drive, when you started thinking of, how your children were going to be educated. And you got involved at the, at the public school and you saw that there was deficiencies, right? Mm-hmm. And then you said, okay, we got to start a school. And you weren't Catholic, but the idea of building a Catholic school led you into the Catholic church. And you, you also shared a little bit about the community mm-hmm. because suddenly you're not only just building this, this school but the people around you are getting into your story, your idea of converting and coming into the church. Yeah. <laughs> tell, tell a little bit about that. Yeah.
1: That really was phenomenal, actually, thinking about it in retrospect, that I was working on this school, probably for a full year, trying to get a Catholic school up and going in Denton. And people knew, well, not everyone, not everyone knew that I wasn't Catholic, but those who did know that I I wasn't Catholic, that I was coming into the church, were rooting for me (laughs) the entire time. I went to RCIA. They were so supportive, lending information and making sure I was getting the right information about the church. The whole parish staff was involved in my effort. The priest was involved in my effort of of learning and, and coming in to the church. And I remember I went on a fast track. I didn't go for the full year of RCIA because I was so, so full of zeal, I I guess. Uh, And it was very evident. And so I went, uh, I came into the church on December 8th, the feast day of the Immaculate Conception, and that was the church day. And I remember the story where I was going through RCIA class and I told two other participants along with me, I said, you guys have to stand on both sides of me because I don't know that I'm going to make it through this ceremony this, this coming into the church. <laughs> and I didn't think about it until after, but they aligned on either side of me. In
0: case you what, fainted? Or <laughs> in I... case
1: I fainted, in case I whatever happened. But, you know, it was only afterwards that I realized that they positioned themselves. And when I came into the church... I was told afterwards by some of the church staff, they said, Denise, that there were men crying in the pews <laughs> watching you come into the church.
0: You know, those two people standing beside you is really a symbol of the idea of the support of faithful Catholics and what that can do. Yeah, And we are grateful that you have come into the church. The church is a better place for it. We're going to take a short break. In the meantime, our friend Dr. Richard Ludwick, president of the University of St. Thomas, shares an important message. The Newman Guide is one of those things that is sort of a seal of approval, right? I think families use that as a means of, of sort of vetting whether or not an institution is a place where they would feel comfortable with their students attending. And for students, it's a really good understanding that they're going to find the kinds of students that they want to study with, learn with, and live with. And so, for us, that's been a really great uh, shorthand, if you will, for students and families, and for the university itself. That impact has been a really big one. So, so now, Denise, you come into the church. You're building a Catholic elementary school. Mm-hmm. How in the world does one build a Catholic elementary school?
1: One step at a time. <laughs> it's just really... It's that elephant yeah, thing. Right? Yeah, you, yeah, exactly. You, you look at what's needed. You look at what you can do. You look at the finances. Finances are so important in any kind of entity. I actually did my doctoral research was on starting independent private Catholic schools and the components of successful sustainable schools and you know you need to find an administrator who has experience you don't necessarily have to have a lot of money to start a school but you do need to have committed families who are willing to you know put their money down and to to really believe in the administration to believe in the vision i can't tell you how many years i sold the vision of a school and not just the elementary school, but we also started a high school. Yeah.
0: Um, you, yeah, which is which is yeah. <laughs> which is getting ahead. So you you not only start this elementary school and you did it for your children because you saw the deficiencies and you wanted better for them. And then through that selfless act, God brought you into the church. Now you have an elementary school. You have this mm-hmm. Catholic elementary school. How many students did you start with? Do you remember?
1: Yeah. We actually were working with the parish at that time. We, we, the families came together. We want to start this school. We approached the parish. The parish was open to the idea of having a school. We had to approach the diocese to see if they would be willing to have the school. And we, we persuaded them. <laughs> we right. said, we've got enough families. We're, we're going to do this. And it was kindergarten through second grade. And we actually pushed for second grade. We had a lot of kindergartners and first graders. And then we had like six second graders. And the interesting thing about that is those students, when they graduated eighth grade, were the first students in in our high school.
0: Wow. So you start out kindergarten through second. At what point then did you convert to get other classes? And did you just do it year by year? Did you say, okay, now we're kindergarten through second. We'll add third. We add fourth. Or how did that? How did that exactly. progression go?
1: Exactly. We we just kept bringing in kindergartners year after year as the students kept matriculating to the the higher level. When we got to sixth grade, we realized that once these students graduate, there really is no place for them to go. I mean, we had Frisco, which was an hour drive to the east, and so many families just didn't want to put their kids on the road. So I said, okay, by that time I had gone to the University of Dallas and received my master's in Catholic school leadership and working with Dr. Klassen there, he, he became my mentor in actually opening up another school. And he said, y'all can do this. You opened up, you know, you're your K-8, you've got this. And so he gave us the support and for about two years, we actually fundraised thinking we needed, you know, millions of dollars to open up a high school because it's a, it's a different beast. It needs a lot of infrastructure. And that's when I met Dan Guernsey, actually.
0: Dr. Dan Guernsey. Yeah. He's our our, our senior fellow for education policies here at the Cardinal Newman Society.
1: Yeah. And that's when I met Dan. So that was about 23 years ago. So I've known him and worked with him for all those years and then actually opened up Our Lady of Grace High School in Denton, Texas. It, it ended up in Argyle, Texas, which was a little bit south of Denton. And right now there's St. Mark Parish is actually on the the site. And so these schools that you started are still in existence? Yes. Well, no, <laughs> no. So Immaculate Conception is still in existence. It's in Denton, Texas. And then in Argyle, I have to take that back. St. Mark started; it, it has its own plot of land that we had identified for Our Lady of Grace High School. Okay. So instead of the high school going there, the diocese had this land, so they they actually put the parish on there. Then where we ended up in our piece of property, which was diocesan, and the the high school was a, a recognized high school by the Diocese of Fort Worth. They ended up, I think it's Mother Teresa's order. It's, it's a, I can't remember the name of yeah. it, but is it's a parish. It's just, okay. Right now, it's currently a parish, but they use all of our portable buildings and things. Oh, my
0: gosh. So, this, uh, so you laid start, the groundwork. Yeah,
1: yeah. Did you have
0: the support of
1: the diocese right away? No, we didn't have the support for the high school. It was very hard to actually find a place to open up a high school. We went to the local Protestant churches, which did have facilities that they were not using during the week. They were willing to have us come in, have a Catholic high school in their facility. Oh my gosh. Wow. But what we ended up doing was approaching Father Sweeney at St. Mark in Denton, and we asked if we could use his facilities. And he said yes. He 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 was a Marinist. Yes, most definitely. We want education here. And so we actually brought in three portables and put those on the site to house the high school. So we ended up with probably the most high school students we ever had was 38 Mm. high school, nine through 12 students. And anyway, so operated that for 10 years. So
0: now you've started an elementary school. You've come into the church. You've started a high school, Catholic high school. What year did you come to the Cardinal Newman Society?
1: Yeah, I came to the Cardinal Newman Society in 2014. Okay. And actually, it was Dr. Dan Guernsey and I came in together, and we actually started the K-12 division. We called it division (laughs) of the Cardinal Newman (laughs) Society at that time.
0: Cardinal (laughs) Newman Society is so big, we have divisions now. (laughs) So, why is that important? I mean... Denise, one of the things that I, in my experience, I put my child into the my alma mater, um, and I thought I'd come full circle that it was that was going to be just the perfect world, right? My kids would go to the same Catholic grade school that I went to, but it wasn't so great and and I had a lot of difficulty with it. Why is k through twelve so important?
1: Yeah. Well, it's really important because it's the entire formation of your child at that point in time. You're forming them in the faith, parents and schools working together to form that moral background, that moral framework for your child. And, you know, laid on top of that is culture and the the ideology that is so pervasive in public education, which has, you know, worked its way into some of our Catholic schools. And I'd like to have a real positive vision of Catholic education and say, no, that, you know, that doesn't happen. But it really does happen, and it has happened, because Catholic schools have wanted to hold themselves up as excellent education alongside what is perceived to be as the the best of public education. And, you know, they're still trying to do that. They're still trying to play the competitive game with the public schools, where really and truly they don't need to do any of that
0: right now this is such a key because schools like any products that are in our world have a competitive landscape and catholic schools looked at themselves and said we're just we're, we're better we're, we're we're just as good or or if not better than public schools what is the danger
1: mm-hmm.
0: in that denise i mean what is the opportunity for fault there
1: yeah, well, they bring in the underlying philosophy of the world, and that is the danger because you know Catholic education is very specific. It's the formation of, of the student for this life and the next. We have the theological outlook, which is so much more, and that's what Catholic schools give. They, Hold they, on.
0: I need my dictionary. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry.
1: Go ahead. No. no, it's the end game. It's, it's like w- w- what we were made for really is to be with with God, to know, love, and serve Him. And that has a completely different lens of life that public education can does not want to give and can't give and is separated completely.
0: It, it is interesting because I think Catholic parents need to hear more of the distinction than they do, we're just as good or we're better or whatever, because— we shouldn't even be comparing ourselves, right, to public right. schools. Because, as you said, our mission is different. Yep. Our aim is different. Our curriculum should be different. All of those things, because, you know, Catholic is a much grander view of the person than what public school allows.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I, think that's, I think that's key. I think people, and I think they're starting to see, don't you think, Denise, don't you think people are starting to see more of that now?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think people are finding the deficiencies Their their children are not happy when they're coming out of public school or even some of our Catholic schools where we're hearing, you know, families and and graduates saying, I didn't learn anything about my faith in this Catholic school that I attended for all these years, you know, and it wasn't until, you know, I heard a homily or something that I really knew about the faith. And, you know, our good, solid Catholic schools really teach the faith in every one of their academic disciplines. It is, Patrick and I have talked about Catholic habits of mind, right? Catholic habits of mind, when a, when a teacher teaches in a classroom, they te- teach theologically, they teach about faith as a valid way of knowing. They teach about a philosophical habit of mind where we ask these deep questions of our of our students and, and what does it mean to them about life and the, and, you know, the next life and seeking and valuing the transcendent. So this is a completely different approach to education. These three specific areas, thinking with faith, thinking philosophically and seeking and valuing the transcendent.
0: So that's interesting because I think parents, or let's just say when people hear that kind of talk, what they'll say is, you know, that's all good. But I just really want my kid to have the best education. Mm-hmm. How would you answer that? Especially with the experience that you've had, Denise, you've not only created the schools, but you changed your life from accounting to go into specifically, you know, educational leadership. Mm-hmm. How would you address that to them? I mean, how do you look at that and say, look, it"? you have to think about this in a bigger yeah. perspective than just that?
1: yeah. It's education for the soul. It's educating them for more than just their skill or profession base. It's, it's an approach of life that is full and complete. And that's why Catholic education, it's not skills-based. It could be. I mean, it, but it's, it's the whole person in every specific area, and especially that hole that was missing in my life, right, is that spiritual which really it, it it blossoms and it brings the the person to this fullness of who they are. Saint Cardinal Newman actually talks about the phil- philosophical habits of mind, and that when he talks about that, it's not just learning information and learning bits and pieces and being a dictionary, but it's able to take all of these different aspects and weave them into concepts and visions of a person or a thing so that they could be articulate about many different areas of life even if they've never studied it but they can they have they can develop an opinion over using prudence their intellectual virtues of searching out information and bringing that information together to have a very logical and ordered viewpoint on something so that's what we want for our kids we want them to look at all of life's issues and especially these political ideological issues that they're being confronted with today and to put them in that proper perspective to put them in the box that that they need to be put in and to understand that that is that's a place for this vision that's a place where it it not everyone believes the same thing, mm-hmm. or this vision is kind of overtaking you know this this worldview that I was taught and and understood when I was really learning my faith. So you could you could take that and you can look at all of these ideologies and put them in that proper perspective.
0: We'll continue our interview with Dr. Denise Donahue on the next episode of the Cardinal Newman Society podcast. Stay tuned. If you'd like to learn more about how you can help promote and defend faithful Catholic education, go to cardinalnewmansociety.org. Also, if you're interested in promoting and defending faithful Catholic education, wherever it is found, subscribe to the Cardinal Newman Society podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. Thank you.